This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents. After three weeks of waiting, Liverpool are back at Anfield today in Premier League action. And in their way will be the last team to stop Jurgen Klopp's men taking all three points in a league fixture at home. And that is, of course, Leicester City. Well, I'm Guy Clark and welcome to Behind Enemy Lines, ahead of the visit of the Foxes, led by Brendan Rodgers as he returns to Anfield four years after being dismissed. Coming up over the next half hour or thereabouts, we'll be getting the lowdown on Leicester to get you in the mood ahead of kickoff. We'll be talking about their fast start to the new season, whether like in 2016 they can surprise the Premier League's elite and gatecrash the top four or top six. Plus, we'll be getting stuck into a few talking points and regarding their star names. James Madison, who continues to be linked with a move to Liverpool, the evergreen Jamie Vardy and even the now Manchester United centre-back Harry Maguire and how Leicester have dealt with his departure. We're joining me to do all of that and more. It's a pleasure to welcome former Leicester City manager Mickey Adams to the Blood Red channel. Mickey, thanks for your time. How are you? No, I'm good. All good. Um... Very busy, you know, travelling the world. Um, so, all, all, all good at the moment. And in terms of this weekend, of course, Leicester City, your former club, travelling to Anfield. But I suppose they're going to travel there without fear because they're on a good run so far this season. Yeah, they're on a fantastic run. I think uh, it could have even been better. I think they'd be disappointed with their uh, performance at, at Manchester United where... Uh, you know, if they have one weakness is that sometimes they don't start fast and uh, that proved to be the case at Manchester United and uh, end up losing the game 1-0. But other than that, you know, it's been very, very good from Leicester. I was going to say that's the only sort of blot on the copybook for them at the moment, the only defeat they've had this season. But they do, under Brendan Rodgers, seem to have really sort of come together as a club after perhaps a, a bit of a difficult time after, under Claude Puel and they really sort of seem that team, if anyone's going to break into the top six, it seems to be they're the side who might do it. Well, listen, you should never underestimate them because of what they did uh, three years ago, four years ago. So, uh, you know, when they actually won the league and uh, that was because everybody underestimated them, uh, didn't believe that they could go on and, uh, and win the league and... Uh, Maybe teams uh, underestimated them when they played them, but uh, you know I'm, I'm sure that won't be the case uh, with Liverpool because uh, you know I'm sure Jurgen Klopp will be uh, drilling into his players that this is a tough game for them. Do you get chance to get back there much, Mickey? I, I go now and again. Obviously, I have a role with the Premier League where I uh, assess referees so uh, for the Premier League. So uh, you know I've been to Anfield uh, and seen Liverpool a couple of occasions this year and uh, I've been to Leicester as well yeah so I get there when I can and in terms of Leicester I suppose under Brendan Rodgers a lot of people sort of from the outside think of them as this young attacking side which they definitely are but looking at the numbers they've along with Liverpool sort of got the best defensive record only five goals against this season I suppose things build from the back do they well obviously I think that uh, you know the spine of the team is obviously important to any side and uh, uh, obviously Rivardi uh, uh, up top, you know, he's a he's a real threat. Tillemans has come into the midfield, and that strengthened the midfield area. And then at the back, Evans uh, and the boy Shinoyu. I, I forget how to pronounce that one, but you know, he he looks a find as well. You know, after the departure of uh, Harry Maguire, you know, people were were you know were questioning who who would maybe step into that role, and 
you know, he's come in and done very, very well alongside Evans. So, uh, and then you've got Smichael behind them as well. So the main core of the side um, has experience. Um, you know, they all know what they're doing. But then alongside them all, you've got the enthusiasm and the youth of, uh, uh, of um, you know, Tillemans, like I've mentioned already. Chowdhury comes in now and again. Uh, Chilwell. So they, they've got a real good mixture of old, experienced professionals who, who know what they're doing and, and a lot of youth um, that have got pace and enthusiasm. And speaking of both experience and pace, Jamie Vardy against Newcastle overtaking Cristiano Ronaldo's Premier League goal tally. He's a guy who you mentioned not underestimating Leicester before and not to underestimate Jamie Vardy. Liverpool fans certainly won't from that goalie. Obviously scored at the KP in the title winning year. But year after year, you think, is this the year perhaps he's going to slow down? But he seems to be getting quicker. Well, he's got renewed enthusiasm for the game. I think uh, under uh, Puel, uh, he'd lost a bit of enthusiasm. He wasn't scoring as many goals as uh, maybe he should have done. Uh, he's, he's obviously pulled out of the England squads now, so maybe that's helping him in terms of his rest and recuperation before games. Uh, but, you know, he looks as quick as he ever does and as enthusiastic as he ever does. Um, and, and what he has got is, you know, he has got that confidence in front of goal now. So if he's presented with chances, he'll, he'll stick them away. With a striker in the team, I suppose confidence is the thing that you really need for them. You can get them sort of firing in on the training ground as much as you want, but at the end of the day, it, it starts from the confidence, does it? Yeah, listen, you only have to look at the front three of Liverpool. You know, they're all confident players. They all know where the back of the net is. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, to win games of football, you need you need goal scorers. And certainly you need uh, somebody in a rich vein of form, uh, Liverpool have got that with Salah, Mane and uh, Firmino. Uh, I don't know how Leicester are going to combat that, but certainly at the other end, um, you know, Vardy is is the go-to guy in terms of goals for Leicester. And looking then to the game and sort of the threat that Leicester will pose, they were the last side to come to Anfield in the Premier League and come away with anything. The Reds have won 10 in a row since that one-all draw that Harry Maguire scored in at Anfield back in January. And I suppose Leicester do come, they're not going to come sort of feeling any better off the back of a 5-0 win over Newcastle. No, well, their tails are up. They're full of confidence. Um, you know, they've got a belief in, in what they're doing. They work hard. I think that's the big thing about them. You know, every time that they uh, lose the ball, they're, they're very much like Liverpool in as much that they want to win it back as quickly and high, uh, as high up the pitch as they possibly can. Uh, you know, and if Liverpool take chances at the back, then, uh, or, or they have too many touches, you know, Vardy will be on top of them uh, and he'll, he'll, he'll cause havoc. And, uh, and I do feel that Liverpool are slightly vulnerable in between... Uh, Alexander Arnold, when he gets forward, and Matip, I think that's an area that can uh, be exposed by Leicester City. But, you know, that's only a minor, minor little blip that I see uh, in Liverpool's armoury because, uh, you know, they're they're the best team in the league by far at the minute. And I suppose on that thread, though, for where Liverpool need to be wary, you you mentioned that right-hand side for Liverpool playing on the left a fair bit this season for Leicester has been James Madison. I know he missed the last game through injury, but if he does play... He could be a guy who Liverpool need to take sort of special care of, won't he? 
Yeah, they do, and they need him on the ball. You know, I think that uh, you know when he when he sits out wide, he's not as effective as it as he is when he comes in off the line. And I think that you know, as I said before, that little that little gap between Arnold and Matip might be an area that that Madison can uh, expose. You know, particularly if Matip follows him in there, and then all of a sudden Leicester are, are counter-attacking with Chilwell, or maybe getting Vardy down the line. Uh, you know, so I think there are a couple of avenues there that they can try and exploit. But Madison's full of confidence at the minute. You know, he uh, he does look a quality player. You know, he's not going to go past players with his pace because he hasn't really got a great deal of that. But he's a clever, clever player. He finds pockets of space, and if Leicester can get him on the ball, then he can uh, cause problems. And I suppose with him and Chilwell both now sort of getting into the England squad on a, a fairly regular basis, Madison's obviously in for the upcoming games. It's showing sort of the changing of the time for Leicester with the fact that they are getting recognised. Obviously, the year they won the league, not many players other than Vardy really getting international recognition. But now they are, time after time, getting players into the England squad. Yeah, that's right. I suppose if you was a star player at Leicester many years ago, you had to you had to move to get the England recognition. But that's not the case anymore. You know, uh, we've seen uh, you know a lot of international players at Leicester City. They got uh, you know uh, uh, Tillemans, obviously Priets uh, in there. You've got Schmeichel representing Denmark. You've got Madison and uh, Chilwell, as you've as you've said before. So they don't have to go anywhere else to get international recognition. What they might have to do is go to other places to win trophies. Uh, but, you know, that that's a you know that's an area that uh, uh, Brendan has already stated that he, he'd like to go and uh, have a go in the Carabao Cup this year. So, uh, you know, I think the next big thing for all the players at Leicester City is not the international recognition, but actually going on and winning trophies. And when you go back to Leicester, do you get the feeling of it's sort of like a bit of a, a new dawn for them now? Obviously, three years on from the Premier League win, a number of those players are still around, but with the players like Chilwell and Madison coming into the side, the sort of fresh injection of younger players, that it is sort of a new dawn for them almost. Yeah, I mean, I think you've, uh, you know, as a football club, uh, you, you know, you can rest on your laurels and say, well, you know, we've, uh, we, you know, we won the league and, you know, we, we're happy with the squad, but you've seen a, a massive turnover of players since they won the league. And what they've done is they've added youth to it. So they've got one eye on the future as well. Now, whether that's to sell them like they did with uh, Harry Maguire uh, or build a squad that, that's capable of winning things, then, you know, that's the philosophy of the club at the moment. And last one, just on, on James Madison, how he's really sort of taken the league by storm, I suppose, from the beginning of last season, creating the amount of chances he has done. A lot of people talking if he can make that step up, whether it be England or even in his club career, move on and play perhaps in a Champions League side. He has been linked with Liverpool. Do you see that kind of player able to, to step up or do you think he's better sort of being the crown jewel in a side like Leicester? Well, I think as a as a player, you want to play on the best stage that you possibly can, or the highest stage. And uh, you know, Liverpool as European champions, and uh, you know, fighting for the for the title alongside Manchester City this year. You know, those are the types of teams that you want to play for. But for James Madison at this moment in time, I would say that his pathway is to become an established player at Leicester City. It's only been really his his first season where he's come to prominence, um, you know, and, and try and establish himself in the England team and then look to to get to a, 
Manchester City or a Liverpool. Um, you know, but I think that's that's for the future at this moment in time. He's slightly inconsistent uh, from time to time with his performances. He needs to be given a run of games and a, and and then produce. Uh, performances on a on a weekly basis, and then he can look towards the Liverpool's of his world. Behind enemy lines on the Blood Red Channel, and I suppose a guy who has followed quite a similar path would be Harry Maguire. You mentioned Soyuncu, who's coming to the side and does seem to have filled in there quite well for them, but. Harry Maguire, a guy who moved from Sheffield United to Hull to Leicester, now obviously a world record transfer fee for a defender to Manchester United. But it all started with you, Mickey, giving him his debut at Sheffield United. Did you see in him at that time a Premier League player? Maybe not a world record defender, but a Premier League player? Well, at that moment in time, uh, you know, we were struggling in the Championship. We eventually got relegated, but... uh... You know, Harry was in a successful uh, youth side that got to the FA Youth Cup final that year, where they actually played Manchester United. Uh, so, you know, the, the clamour was for to get the kids. We weren't getting results, so the clamour's always to get uh, youth kids that are doing well uh, into the team. And I, and I did that. I put Harry Maguire in. He made his debut against Cardiff City. Uh, Craig Bellamy, uh, you know, I can remember uh, a couple of tackles where Harry has... Uh, put Bellamy on his backside so it showed me that he had the temperament for it uh, there was always obviously doubts about you know his pace because he was a big lad I don't think he's grown much more than he uh, than he is now than when he was 17 so you know it was whether he could uh, move his feet quickly enough uh, particularly when he was playing against pace but he's shown that he can do that he's, uh, he's more than capable now he reads the game brilliantly as he did when he was a, was a boy and the one thing that he had as a 17-year-old boy was that he had a fantastic range of passing and we've seen that as well. He's a, he's a centre-half that can handle the ball and, and in modern football, that's what you need. And I suppose that mindset of having to come into a relegation battle at 17, I suppose similar mindset to sort of having to just deal with any pressure will be the fact that he's got that world record transfer fee on his shoulders and whilst Manchester United may not be having the greatest of seasons, I suppose he's given the responsibility of trying to help lead them back to where they want to be. Well, I think he's part of the jigsaw. I think this moment in time, Manchester United are in uh, a transitional uh, uh, stage of uh, uh, of their football club, and uh, you know Harry's been brought in to to stiffen up the back four, uh, to add his experience to it, um, you know, and and implement a way that that Ollie wants him to play, and uh, you know whilst. Uh, he's got to keep his standards up to, to retain his England place, which I'm sure that he will. Uh, but the situation he's faced now uh, won't phase him because, like you said, at 17 years old, he was thrown into a championship side that was struggling and, uh, you know, he had to stick his chest out and try his best. And with that price tag, obviously, comes comparisons from people in the media, from supporters and all sorts. And obviously, Virgil van Dijk, previously the, the world record for a, a centre-half at £75 million. Will comparisons like that affect him at all? Or where will he, where will he sort of sit with that? Uh, well, listen, I think that, uh, you know, uh, Virgil uh, is more established than him, himself at this moment in time. He's got more international games under his belt. Um, He's won more trophies um, than Harry has, and Harry's 
you know, join Manchester United in the hope that uh, the evolution would uh, that, that Ollie would bring about would would result in trophies. At this moment in time, that's looking a long way off. Uh, but you know, I think that uh, Virgil Van Dijk was a snip for whatever Liverpool paid for him because he's an absolute Rolls Royce of a defender. But he does make mistakes now and again, and they all do. You know, it's just that uh, uh, you know when you make a mistake as a centre half, they get highlighted They're very much like a goalkeeper does. But uh, you know, it won't it won't phase Harry at all. And you say in your role as a referee's assessor, you've been to Anfield and seen Liverpool a couple of times this season. Virgil van Dijk sort of getting plaudits this season as an individual, which we don't often see for centre-halves, do we? No, but it just goes to show how, uh, how valued he is as a player. You know, I think that, you know, take him out the the Liverpool back four and then, you know, you might see teams maybe attacking a little bit more, getting more bodies forward. But at this moment in time, you know, they... they uh, they don't seem to do that, and you know, uh, when he does make a mistake, he, you know, it's very much a, a rarity. Uh, but you know, he's a quality player, Virgil, and uh, you know, Liverpool have got the squad. I'm sure that he's more than capable of going on and winning the league this year. And a man who very nearly did leave lead Liverpool to the league title before Jurgen Klopp last season was Brendan Rodgers, who returns to Anfield for the first time in the managerial hot seat. Uh, this weekend as he brings Leicester to Anfield and he's a guy who I suppose with Leicester he just continues even if they've lost a player like Harry Maguire he just continues on the pathway of trying to sort of improve the club and really put them in that established top six well that's it. that's the task he's been given uh, you know uh, but with that you know he's, he's introduced a lot of youth into the side they uh, they're very attractive to watch they work extremely hard and uh, you know and all all these philosophies are, are thrown down by by the manager. You know, it's as simple as that. Um, you know, it was very, very unfortunate, I think, at Liverpool in terms of, uh, you know, uh, not winning the league that year. Uh, I think they should have, really. Uh, but it's all ifs and buts, and I'm sure that, uh, you know, Brendan uh, still sleeps well at night thinking of the job that he did at Liverpool because he did a fantastic job. And I'm sure that uh, regardless of, uh, you know, uh, uh, how how much uh, people think of him? He'll go back there tomorrow, full of confidence, full of belief in his young side, and he'll stick his chest out and, and relish the game. And I'm sure he feels vindicated in moving back down south of the border from Celtic, where obviously he was winning plenty of trophies up there. But the squad he's got to work with at Leicester, different to the squad you had to work with at Leicester, Mickey. But I'm sure you'd be licking your lips with the opportunity to to manage a group of players like Brendan has. Well, listen, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I seem to get clubs at the wrong time. You know, I think we, while I was there, we uh, we got promoted into the Premier League, but we went into administration as well and uh, had a lot of financial problems. Didn't spend a great deal on the squad. Uh, but, but, you know, that, that's a different Leicester City that Brendan's got. You know, he's got a, a board uh, and a chairman in top uh, that, that, that backs him. And I'm sure that you know in January they'll strengthen the uh, the squad even further. So uh, you know it's a good time to be a Leicester manager. And you know, and really, the performances that have Leicester have produced has vindicated why he wanted to come back into the Premier League. Because I'm, I still feel as though Brendan's got unfinished business there. And you mentioned the difference in Leicester to when you were manager to obviously now when Brendan was. And obviously prior to Nigel Pearson taking them back into the Premier League, you were arguably Leicester's most successful manager 
prior to that, it must fill you with a lot of pride and delight to sort of see the club where it is now. Yeah, of course. I mean, I you know, I think that uh, I was fortunate. I had, a, I had a promotion at Leicester, you know, from the Championship into the Premier League. Uh, and I'm proud of that fact, you know, because we did have a lot of financial issues at that time. Uh, and, and I think when it, whenever you're a manager, wherever you go, you, you know, you're very much a, a custodian of, of, of the team for the supporters. And, you know, if you do a great job, fantastic. And if you do a poor job, well, you know, you have to move on and, and lick, your, lick your wounds and, and, uh, and come again. And you've mentioned Liverpool, in your opinion, so far the best side in the division in the Premier League. Seven point, uh, seven wins in a row so far, five points clear of Manchester City. And I suppose it's, it's a joy to sort of have a team like this at the moment in the Premier League as well. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, you know, when you go when you go to Anfield or whenever you see Liverpool, you know, they're attacking a front foot style of football. Uh, the front three as good as any 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 yeah, front three in the world. Um, Anfield's a special place to go and play football. It's a special place to go and watch football. Uh, so you know they've, the the ingredients are all there for a fantastic season for Liverpool. I know you can't underestimate Manchester City because uh, you know they won't want to give up their title easily, uh, and they've got quality players as well. But you know. Uh, they need to be focused, Liverpool, and, uh, you know, front foot, uh, always. Uh, but, uh, you know, be respectful of the teams that they're going to play because, you know, like we saw with Norwich at Manchester City, uh, sorry, Manchester City at Norwich, where they got turned over, that can happen in the Premier League. So I'm sure that Jürgen uh, uh, is drumming into the players that we need to win, win, win and win, you know, and uh, not take the foot off the pedal. Yeah, they've definitely been doing that with 16 wins in a row. As a manager, how, what sort of challenges do you face in a successful environment like that in terms of trying to keep everybody grounded? Because it must be easy to get carried away and sort of think, well, this, this winning run's never going to end. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, complacency is a, is, a, is a massive thing, isn't it? You know, and I think that it's very much like confidence. You know, if, uh, if you've got a confident team, uh, you know, your job as a manager is very, very simple. But... Uh, you know, you can't uh, take your eye off the ball. Uh, you can't get ahead of yourself. You can't be thinking about things that are maybe going to happen in, in four games' time. It's one game at a time. I know it's a cliche, but it's one game at a time. They've got to prepare correctly, and I'm sure that Jurgen on the training ground will be will be keeping a close eye on individuals and the team. Uh, and if he sees any sorts of complacency, I'm sure that he'll uh, he'll he'll stamp on it. And the front three have been a pleasure to watch. Obviously, you don't have the, the the need to worry about it at all. But if you were in the managerial hot seat, Mickey, how would you how would you sort of go about trying to deal with them? Well, listen, it's like everything else. You know, quality players if given time and space, then they they can uh, certainly uh, hurt you, whoever they are. Uh, I think that uh, you've got to get close to these players as, as best you can. You know, you don't want Salah and Mane running at you at full pelt. Uh, because if you do, you're asking for trouble because all you're going to do is retreat, retreat and retreat. You know, I think that you've got to be on the front foot as defenders, get two of them as tight as you possibly can. Uh, and, and, and like all quality players, if you, get, if you give them time and space, they can hurt you. So uh, you've got to get in their shorts and, and do your best to stop them from playing. Well, Mickey, thanks a lot for your time. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining us. 
No worries, thank you. Former Leicester City manager Mickey Adams then with us here on Behind Enemy Lines ahead of Liverpool taking on Leicester City later on today in the Premier League. Well, the Reds out to make it 17 league wins in a row and join us after the game to find out if they've done that and for all the reaction you need with our post-game podcast as you'll hear Jurgen Klopp's press conference, the thoughts of our team at Anfield as well as from a selection of Reds fans. In the meantime, if you do have time to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to your audio on demand, that'd be much appreciated as is of course your continued support of what we do here at Blood Red. Until next time, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.